Now We also know that recently we have been considering this matter of the kingdom. And um, this trip just happened. So, as I was considering in the light of the kingdom, and the significance of this trip, I just wanted to share some thoughts this morning. So I need your prayers. Because this trip just happened. And um, so there was not a lot of time to process everything. And if you look at the handbook that we got, it's over a hundred pages long. With, with hundreds of places and hundreds of pictures. And then um, and the the other thing is this. Uh, we have some brothers and sisters here that have been to Israel five, six, seven times. So this morning when I walked in and I saw Brother Marco and his family got very nervous. So, um, but anyway, by the Lord's grace, I'll just share some thoughts. So, um, a few months back, 
那几个月前，啊，I God so at that time, we share that in God's plan, God wanted man to rule this rule this earth. He had two purposes. One was he was to be fruitful and multiply. And fill the earth. And then the other uh, purpose for him was for him to rule over the uh Fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing. In other words, on the one hand, life needed to spread through the earth. So we know that animal life would spread through the earth. So they would multiply and fill the earth. But then because they multiplied and filled the earth, then man also needed to fill the earth. So then God's plan for man was that he would be king of this earth, king of this world. And not only that, we know that God placed a few trees in the garden. One of them was the tree of life. One of them was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then of course then the, the rest of the trees. But God's purpose, God's desire was that man would partake of the tree of life. That as he partook of the tree of life, then he would have the life of God in him. And then as he had the life of God in him, he would be able to acknowledge God as his Lord and his King. So then as he knew, as he acknowledged God as his King, then God would be able then man would be able to know how to rule this world. So then life would fill this earth. And then every corner of this world, man would acknowledge God as his king and his and his God. And then the Lord will be able then God would be able to win back the lost territory from the enemy's hand. So from the beginning, God wanted man to be king. So this is what we spoke about 
um, the kingdom. So this was God's plan from the beginning. But unfortunately, man fell. And we know that in chapter three, man took of the forbidden fruit or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And man chose to be independent of God. Instead of choosing the tree of life to depend on God. Man chose to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Declaring his independence from God. So that was um uh, when men fell. And not only that, in chapter six, as uh, other brothers have shared, then men fell into the flesh. And man God said, I will not strive with him because man is but flesh. And then in chapter eleven, then remember Nimrod help build the Tower of Babel and they rebelled against God. So then man fell into the world. So the first 11 chapters of Genesis, as if it seemed like the, the will of God was frustrated. As if God's plan for him to defeat the enemy was frustrated. Because of man's fall, as if God's will would not be able to be accomplished. So why am I sharing all of this? And where does it tie with um, what I just mentioned, uh, the, the trip to Israel? Was thank the Lord. That right after Genesis chapter 11, we find Genesis chapter 12. And what was Genesis 12? It speaks of the, the start of the recovery of the work of God. So if you read Genesis chapter 12, was when God spoke to Abraham. And then Genesis chapter 12, he said, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And so shall, so you shall be a blessing. Now, remember, just prior to this, the whole world rose up in rebellion against God. Now, Nimrod led the whole world in rebellion against God. Um, so, instead of this whole world, or the um, uh, being the place where man will rule, this whole world became a place of rebellion. And even prior to that, in chapter 6, remember when God flooded the whole earth. So except for Noah's family, every man was destroyed. So again, 
as if the work of God was frustrated. But thank the Lord. What was it that God was doing? In Genesis chapter 12. And then the Lord said, I will show you the land with, uh, to the land which I will show you. And this is the land that we're talking about. And this is the land of Canaan. And the Bible says it's a land flowing with milk and honey. So what was God trying to do? So even though the whole world rebelled against him, even though in God's original plan, his plan was that man will fill the earth, the earth will be filled with his glory. But now, because of the fall of man, it seemed like it came to pieces. But now, in God's mercy, he was going to pick a piece, a very small piece of land in this whole world. And in this land, to demonstrate his mercy. And then to recover his work. So this is the significance of that land. So when God called Abraham, he said two things. He said, one, I will show you a piece of land. And then eventually he would possess that land. And that land would be belong to his descendants. But the second part of this is, he said, I will bless those who bless you. So, in other words, I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So we know that that land became something significant. And this land was going to serve as a picture to God's work of recovery. So we read earlier in Genesis chapter 13 and 14. Uh, it said, um, uh, the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot has separated from him, now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Descendants is so what is this piece of land? So the Bible talks about uh, uh, Dan to Beersheba. So since many of you haven't gone, I'll just give a few facts about the land. So, so what, what is this land that God has given them? So from Dan to Beersheba, if you think about the state of New Jersey, actually it's about the same size. It's about 150 miles from north to south. Dan is in the north. Beersheba is in the south. Now, it's about 150 miles long. Now, how wide is it? The widest point is about, the, again, the same size as New Jersey, about 70 miles wide. Okay, so it's not a big piece of land. But um, 
God was going to use this piece of land to show His work. So I don't want to make it too complicated, but think about uh, Dan to Beersheba, Dan in the north and Beersheba in the south. And think about um, uh, what is very prominent in this land is there is um, this river, the River Jordan. It goes from north to south. What's interesting about it is this. Um, it, it, from the north, it's a little bit higher, and then south, it's a little bit lower. There's actually a valley that extends from Turkey all the way to North Africa, and then makes up this this ridge. So, so imagine that this is the lifeline of the land of Israel. So there are two lakes that are pretty prominent. Which is part of this river Jordan. A valley of Jordan. On the north you have the Sea of Galilee. And to the south you have the Dead Sea. Now how did this river Jordan come to be? So if you go to the north of Israel, in Dan, or a little bit further north, you have what the Bible refers to as Mount Hermon. And then it's the highest mountain in the region. I think it's seven or eight thousand feet. So year round there's snow that falls there. And then um, the, the 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 snow accumulates. And then as the snow melts, the water goes into into the ground. And it goes into springs. And then um, uh, uh, there's this place where uh, near Dan. And we and and actually this is in the uh, in uh, near Caesarea Philippi, in the region of Caesarea Philippi. There is this huge rock. And we've spoken of this in the past. And then this this rock is at the foot of Mount Hermon. And um, in history there was a big earthquake. And because of this earthquake, now the water can come forth from the springs out uh, and flow. So this water flows from the north. And then further south into the Sea of Galilee. And then it keeps flowing south. All the way to the Dead Sea. So, um, the, the, now, um, uh, if you think about the whole land of Israel, generally speaking, the, the southern part is uh, is dry and desert land. And then towards the north, it's green. So towards the north, because uh, because there, the Bible speaks about the dew of Hermon, because of the dew of Hermon, and because of um, also because of the uh, the provision of the water of the Jordan. So that's why it's it's greener up north. And then think about the south is more like desert. Bible speaks of the Negev. And the Judean desert. So generally this is the land. 
Now I'm giving you all this not just to bore you with geography or but but there's also uh, all very significant. So, and then the other significant thing is the, the Sea of Galilee, the, the northern lake is filled with life. And uh, because the water comes from the north um, from the Mount Hermon. And then it flows into the Sea of Galilee. And then the Sea of Galilee get, continues to give water further south. So, in other words, the water is living. So, uh, it speaks about, you know, when you receive life and you give life, you're alive. But when you receive uh, uh, life and you don't give it, you will die. So if you keep on going further south, there is the Dead Sea. And the reason why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea is because it doesn't have any living things in it. The Dead Sea is also, the, the reason why it's dead, called the Dead Sea is because it's the lowest place on earth. It's actually about 1400 feet below sea level. The water that flows from the north into it has nowhere to go. And because it has nowhere to go, and it starts to accumulate. And then uh, the salt content is very high. It's actually, I think, 33 per 36% salt content. Normal sea uh, uh, ocean water has about 3% salt. So in any case, so it's there's too much uh, salt, so no living thing can live in it. Because of this, it, it's um, um, it, uh, because of the level and the amount of salt, it can easily float in the water. So there was a challenge made that if anybody goes into the Dead Sea and cannot float, they would get a free trip out of the trip that we took. Because so this is where a lot of what happened in the Bible occurred. So um, uh, you have uh, on the central mountain range, um, you go from north to south. I'll just give you a few places so you can remember. So Dan is in the north. And then if you come a little further uh, south, the Bible talks about a place called Shechem. And then south of Shechem, Jerusalem. And then south of Jerusalem, Hebron. 
And then south of Hebron, you come to Beersheba. Okay, if you just remember these places, you'll have a general idea. So, so this is a piece of land. Not much bigger than New Jersey. But this was the piece of land that God promised to Abraham. So, um, uh, so from Dan to Beersheba, the Bible always refers from Dan to Beersheba. So, it, and then the Bible also calls it the land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, it must be filled with life. We know that milk speaks about the, um, the animal life. Or the, the best of, uh, of animal life. And honey speaks of the best of the vegetable life. So, so then this should be the fullness of life. So, um, so what I'll do is I'll I'll just share some thoughts and and uh, impressions that I have. And and hopefully this will be of help to brothers and sisters. Um, so um, so Coming back to what we shared earlier, so what God was doing with this piece of land was to wanted to start his work of recovery. So he first called Abraham as an individual. And the first place that the Lord the Bible says God brought Abraham the place the first place he brought him to uh, 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 and uh, verse 6. Abram passed to the land as far as the site of Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. Now the Canaanite was in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Then he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and on Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. So uh, the first place that God brought Abraham to was Shechem. Now Shechem is interesting. Because Shechem is actually at the very center of Dan and Beersheba. And that's the first place that God brought uh, Abraham to. And um, actually, a lot of stories actually happen later on in Shechem. Now the significance of this place Shechem. The Bible talks about that after 
the people who came out of Egypt. 那圣经讲到说是当这些人离当以色列人离开埃及的时候。Moses told the people that they would come into the land of Canaan. 那摩西对这些人说，我们来到迦南地。And then what Moses told the 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 people of Israel is that after you enter into the land, 那摩西对以色列人说，当你进入这地之后 ，you have to come to this place. 你要来到这地 ，which is Shechem， 就是世界。And in Shechem there are actually two mountains there. 那世界有两座山。There's a Mount Gerizim. 那呃是基利西呃基基利西山，基利西基利西山。And then there's the Mount Ebal. 啊，伊巴伊巴路山，伊巴路山。Okay, so Why was that important? 那为什么这两座山重要呢 ？Because it's very interesting. We actually visited these two mountains. 那其实我们也有去看这两座山。And if you go to the two mountains, 如果你去这看这两座山的话 ，Mount Ebal is actually the highest, one of the highest mountains from Dan to Beersheba. 那伊巴路山是就是从 Dan 到 Beersheba 最高的一座山，其中最高的一座山。And then it's and then it's almost like a twin. It's got a twin in Mount Gerizim. 那就是基利山，它就是在旁边是像像这个啊双胞胎一样。So Uh, what Moses had commanded the, the people of Israel was that once you arrive into the land, 那神吩咐以巴以色列的百姓说，当你来到这地的时候 ，so you have to declare a blessing and a curse. 那你要宣扬一个祝福，还有一个咒诅。So what does this mean? 那这什么意思呢 ？So when Joshua entered the land, 那耶稣约书亚进入这地的时候 ，and he came to this place, 来到这个地方的时候 ，he had six tribes、uh, stand on one side and six tribes on the other side. 那有有六个支派在一边，六个支派在另外一边。And they called out to each other. 他们就彼此呼召。And six declared a blessing. 那六个就在这边宣扬这个祝福。For Gerizim, 为了 Gerizim. Jilishi, Jilishi, and then six of them on Ebal declaring curse. That in Ebalu, that area, they were declaring curse. Right. So the interesting thing is, one mountain is actually very green, Mount Gerizim. That Jilishi mountain is very green. But Mount Ebal is is dry. That Ebalu mountain is very dry. And the reason why, that reason is because. Mount Ebal faces the south. Ebalu is 朝向这个啊南 So I mentioned that the south is very dry. So we know that the south is very dry. And if you continue go on going south in in Israel, you'll you'll come to the Saharan desert. 那你如果一直往南去的话，你就到撒哈拉沙漠 So you'll get this really dry wind that comes from the south. 那你就有很干的这个呃这个风从南方来 So as it blows on Mount Ebal, 当在伊巴路山的时候，非常的 dry， 就非常的干。But on the other hand, if you come to Mount Gerizim, 但如果到基利西山的时候，是 on the south side， 是在南方的。It faces Hermon， 朝向这个黑门山。Because of the dew of Hermon， 因为这个呃黑门的露 ，the mountain is very green。那这个山就是非常的绿。So when um the 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 first place that God brought Abraham to was Shechem。那神带亚伯兰去的第一个地方是世界。So in Shechem, Abraham was able to see the As if like a summary of the whole land. 那在世界你大概能够看到这个整块地的一个一个一个，就是大概一个概要，一个一个一个概念。From Dan to Beersheba. 从但到这个别是巴。So that's what God was doing. 所以神在那边让他看。So God showed them this land. 让他看这块地。But but not only that. 啊，不仅如此。And then this is where we read in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 14. 所以我们这边也看到创世纪十三十四章。He says, "Now lift up your eyes." Sorry. 
Okay, sorry. Uh, verse 14 says, Now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. And then verse 17. Arise, walk about the land through its length and its breadth, for I will give it to you. So God not only wanted Abraham to see the land, but to walk upon this land. So it's interesting that right after this, the, these few verses, there was a, a war between the kings. You know, in the past, whenever I read this portion, I said, this, this portion is so out of place. In chapter 14, as if, you know, there are four kings and there are five kings, they're fighting a battle. And then as if it has nothing to do with Abraham. I always wonder why is this why is this in the Bible? Well anyway, it's interesting because because um Lot actually was taken by one of the kings. And he was taken up all the way to the north. And then but so what does the Bible say? In verse 14 it says that Abraham went up all the way to Dan. I don't think Abraham ever imagined that he would go to Dan. But because he wanted to save his uh, nephew, he went to Dan. And then the Bible later says that there was a famine in Egypt. So he had to go south as well. And then the Bible also says that at some point he also lived in Beersheba. So I'll now give you a, a brief thought on Dan to Beersheba. Now, Dan to Beersheba speaks about um, the whole land of Canaan, right? Obviously, Dan to Beersheba. But it also speaks about the different experiences that God allowed the people of Israel to go through. Now, the land of Canaan speaks about the unsearchable riches of Christ. But in it, the Bible said there are giants. And then the people of Israel actually needed to defeat the giants. Not just giants, sorry, the, and, uh, the, the, they're also the people that lived there that the people of Israel needed to cast out. So you need read in the book of Joshua how the Joshua led the people of Israel in battles and in order to conquer the land. So the whole land of Dan to Beersheba is not just a land for you to look at, but should be a land of experience. So it speaks about how in our Christian walk, the Lord gives us different experiences. Now Dan, as I mentioned, we actually went to visit there, and we said that this is the 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 water source for that the whole river Jordan. Now when we went there, we told uh, we already mentioned we saw Caesarea Philippi. And uh, uh, and we know that that's um, and we learned that that speaks 
That's where the Lord told uh, Peter, uh, uh, "You are Peter." And uh, sorry, that's where Peter confessed the Lord. And the Lord said, uh, "You are Peter. You are blessed, and upon this rock I will build my church." There's a huge rock over there that was cleft. Because of the earthquake, now the water was able to flow forth from it. So in, in uh, Psalm 42, it talks about as a deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after you. So, so the story of that huge rock was that the, the deer could see the, the snow uh, cap mountain. He can long for that water. But if that water is not accessible to him, it's useless to him. But because one, one t- uh, the, cleft, the rock was cleft, the water was able to flow forth. And now the water that was in the mountain now can come to the deer. So this is the story of Caesarea Philippi. So when we went to Dan, actually we was visited a, a, a waterfall. It's called Benaya's Waterfall. It's very beautiful. And then you see the, the water is actually very fast. And then the other thing we did was uh, we also went rafting. So imagine this. Rafting in the River Jordan. And actually, the place where we raft is actually rather calm. Uh, there was only one little waterfall. But if you go to the north, at the foot of Mount Hermon, there's a beautiful Benaya's waterfall. And you saw how that water flowed. So, uh, you, you see the wonderful provision. Physically speaking, water was abundant. Spiritually speaking, thank the Lord that um, uh, um, that that water was high. The word the, the word was with God. So the the God the Lord Jesus was the fullness of life. But one day he came to this world. And then on the cross, he became that cleft rock. And out of his side full for water and blood. So now that water can be available to us. So he could say to the Samaritan woman, if you drink of this water, you will But if you drink the water that I shall give you, uh, uh, there should be rivers of living water flowing forth from you. A spring of water flowing forth from, from you. So, so that is Dan. So, again, because of the dew of Hermon, this whole north part is very green. And the Sea of Galilee is full of life. So uh, that's why when the Lord called his disciples, they were fishing in the Sea of Galilee. And I think there are like 18 different kinds of fish in the Sea of Galilee. 
But so on the one hand, you see all of this. But on the other hand, it's from Dan to Beersheba. So we said that Mount Ebal, because it faces the south, it's dry. So we went also all the way down to Beersheba. So we went all the way down to Beersheba. So we went all the way down to Beersheba. So we went all the way down to Beersheba. So we went all the way down to Beersheba. So the Bible says that um, Abraham dug that well and then Um, and then in order to in order to prove that it was his well, they sacrificed seven ewe lambs. So beer beer means uh uh well. Sheva means seven. It also means covenant. So Uh, if you go to Beersheba, it is, if you look around, it's almost all white. It's very dry. Now, when you think about the wilderness and you think about desert, you always think about the Sahara, right, full of dust. But actually, uh, a lot of this, the desert that, or the wilderness that you see in Israel is, is, is rock formation. There's just not light, no life there. But in any case, we went to Beersheba. It was really hot. I mean, really hot. So, and then we, got, we went to visit uh, the, the well at Beersheba. And, you, and I was deeply impressed because we learned that it's actually 70 meters deep. If you think about 70 meters, 那如果想说70米的话, this is probably what, 3 meters? So if you think about 20 stories high, at least. So that was how deep of a well that was dug. Uh, and uh, I don't know how they did it, but it's 70 meters deep. Now we also, we, we also got to see Jacob's well uh, in Shechem area and then it's 70 feet deep that's already deep enough that's, that's where um, that's uh, where um, uh, uh, the story of um, uh, the Lord and the Samaritan woman happened probably so, wherever we, we went to but, but in any case the point was what impressed me was that in Beersheba um, there was a 70 meter well on the one hand it's a very impressive well but on the other hand it also speaks of God's provision so You may have Dan, the wealth of water there. In a way, it's almost easy to live in that area. But the Bible also says that Abraham lived in Beersheba for a while. But yet God still provided. As a matter of fact, um, uh, I believe that uh, um, the, uh, um, the uh, Hagar After she escaped, she came to a well called Bir Laharoi. 
Um, the, sea of, the Dead Sea is about 1400 feet below sea level. But if you come to Ai and Bethel, and then you come to Shechem, Remember there was this this uh, uh, long day of uh, of Je- uh, Joshua. Where he led the people of Israel into battle. And then he actually had uh, had an ambush so that he could actually take and conquer AI. So the point here is this. And then they uh, and then they ran out of time. So then Joshua said, Lord, please let the sun stop above Gibeon. And then let the moon stop as well. And then God actually sent some hailstorm to de- defeat, uh, destroy a, 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 a big, big chunk of the, of the enemy. So my point is this. Um, what impressed me was this. So they went from very low part in Jericho. And they went to a very high place in um, uh, Ai in Bethel. And then in a very short period of time. And then they defeated them. And then after they defeated them, the Lord brought them to Shechem. And this is where... Um, uh, the Bible says that uh, uh, they came to Shechem, and this is where there was Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, right? And then there was a declaration of a curse and a declaration of a blessing, right? So this whole process, so they went from a very low place to a very high place. So what was significant about this? So the Bible says, the Bible says this, so that the um, the people of Israel, when they crossed the Jordan, when they came to Gilgal, it was the tenth of the month. And then, um, uh, not only that, they celebrated the Passover on the fourteenth of the month. So then, what what did they do? Then they conquered Jericho. After they conquered Jericho, they went up all the way up to. Bethel and AI. Now, remember what Bethel speaks about. Remember when um, Jacob, he had left home? And um, he was really lonely. He had cheated his brother. And then he had a dream. And then he had a dream about this ladder going from earth to heaven. And there were angels of God descending and ascending above that ladder. And what did Jacob say? This is nothing but the gate of heaven. So this is the gate of heaven. Right. So Bethel. But Bethel was not the highest place. The highest place was Mount Ebal. Which is um, where the blessing and the curse was declared. So what was it that God was doing? God was taking the people of Israel from the lowest place where there was fullness of death 
以色列众人无论是本地人是寄居的和长老官长并审判官都站在约柜两旁在台耶和华的柜的祭司立位人面前一半对着基利新山一半对着以巴路山为以色列人与以色列民祝福正如耶和华仆人摩西先前所吩
We were dead in our sins and trespasses. And then, because of his finished work on the cross, he took us from what was death, and he brought us to the heavenly realm. Not only that, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given. So, um, you see the, the whole picture of the Lord leading us from death to life and coming to the gates of heaven and to heaven itself. Where on before Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim you see the whole sum of the whole land. So in his mercy he has brought us to his unsearchable riches. So this was uh, one part that was really impressed that really impressed me. Um, but not only that, if you continue to read on uh, the 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 story of the people of Israel, and um, later on you discover that um, uh, we read that the people of Israel they wanted a king. And then you know the story of Saul and then the story of David. David was the man after God's own heart. And then there's a story about how David then conquers the city of David. And then after he conquered the city of David, and then he was uh, in, he was uh, um, uh, sitting in his house. He's saying, "Well, I live in this house of cedar." But God, but God doesn't have a house. So he had a heart to build the house of God. So, um, uh, um, uh, so, but, but, so where was, so he, but then God said, um, you're not going to build my house. I will build your house first. And through your descendant, he will build me a house. So we know later on that that's Solomon. But ultimately, it's the Lord himself. And we know that David, uh, uh, David is the descendant of, of I'm sorry, our Lord is a descendant of, of David. So ultimately, he would build a house. So it takes. It, uh, so let me take a step back. So in the beginning, when God called Abraham, God said, "I will bless you, and then I will give you a land. And this land that you walk upon, uh, everywhere you go, this will be yours. But it wasn't until um, God, uh, Abraham offered Isaac. Now God said, uh, take this lad with you to the mountain I will show you. And the Bible says that he came to Mount Moriah. And on Mount Moriah, Abraham offered Isaac. Now eventually Mount Moriah would be where the Temple Mount would be found. The interesting is this. God did not say how he was going to bless Abraham. Or how uh, his how uh, 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 others would be blessed by him. 
或是其他人是怎么样从他身上得福。It wasn't until Abraham offered Isaac. 是直到亚伯拉罕献上以撒的时候。In Genesis chapter 2, 22, That's when God said this. 那神就说到, uh, Genesis chapter 22, uh, verse 17, Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So after Abraham had the heart of consecration, then he knew the Lord's will much clearer. And God told him that your seed shall, uh, in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So we know the seed refers refers to our Lord. So um the point is this. Um God wanted Abraham to experience uh the land. But this experience was not just gonna be his own personal experience. God was going to give him an earthly people and a heavenly people. Now through this earthly people, they were going to experience the, uh, the, the land. And so remember what happened. So Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. And then Jacob, you first have Abraham as an individual. So then God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you had a family. But then the descendants of Jacob, you had a nation of Israel being born. But not just a nation, but then a nation later that had a king. King David, and then on the on the throne of David, you had Solomon and other kings. But through David, he started to have a heart to build a house for the Lord. Now we know the mountain that was designated was Mount Moriah. But David prepared all the materials. And then Solomon was then to build the house. But uh but but the 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 question was this. How did David know? So you know, remember one time David actually did a census. So it displeased God greatly. So then God gave David a choice on how he was to be judged. And then God said, I don't, David said, I don't want to be in the hands of man, I want to be in your hand. 
the will of God is actually going to be accomplished through the church. Why is it that we've been talking about the kingdom? That all of this that we see in picture form in the whole land of Israel. The Lord desires that this be a reality in our spiritual life. So all the pictures that we saw, whether the conquest of Joshua, taking them from the the, the Dead Sea area all the way up to the heavenly realm. Our Lord Jesus in His in His in His love, He is that um, the one that that um, was the um, was the the Lamb that was slain. He saved us. He delivered us. Now He has taken us to the heavenly realm. But not only that, our Lord, He is uh, the suffering King. He was one who was chased. He was the one who was crowned with a crown of thorns. But today he is uh, in glory. And the Bible says, uh, uh, He has been given a name that is above every name. And every name shall bow every tongue. Well. So, uh, so he is the suffering king. So we also uh, uh, heard that on the cross, that's is where the Lord was enthroned. But not only that, the Lord said, I will build my church. And our Lord said, here is someone greater than Solomon. And he is building his house. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. So, um, so today, he is building his own house. And um, so, just a brief picture. So, God is recovering his work. Now, again, in Psalm 8, it talks about how God made us a little lower than the angels, or made man a little lower than the angels. Now, on the cross, the Lord defeated the, the enemy. He defeated the enemy as a son of man. So uh, he was made a little lower than the angel. And he was made weaker than the angel. But he was able to win the victory. But the Bible says that he is only the first fruit among many brethren. So what is he doing? That not just he he will be uh, victorious. But he has given us his life. So as we have his life, we can also overcome. We can also be victorious. And what is his purpose? Is to share his glory in, in with us. So in Revelation, it talks about how the Lord, when He returns, and then once He returns, there will be many thrones established. And it, and the Bible says, and they will reign with Him for a thousand years. So ultimately, the purpose of God will be fulfilled. That man will be the king of this world. One day the Lord's feet will be on the Mount of Olives. One day He will reign on this earth for a thousand years. And if we're privileged enough, we can share in that glory. 
那如果我们能够分享这个荣耀的话, we can reign with him for a thousand years. So you see, the land from Dan to Beersheba is just a picture. Now there's so many things in it. It's so abundant. And uh, of course I'd encourage you to go there if you get a chance. But if you go to the land, and you one thing you'll 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 notice is this. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 8, uh, 8 verse 8, it talks about the uh, produce of the land. You'll see grapes, and uh, you'll see olives, pomegranates, barley, wheat. So, anyway. So when you go to the land, you'll see it all over the place. But it, what it will tell you is this. It reminds you of the different pictures of our Lord. Uh, whether it be the, the Lord said, I am the true vine. And the Lord was that grape that went to the wine press for us. He is that olive that went to the oil press. In the Garden of the Gethsemane, which is full of olive trees, that's where he was. That's where he was pressed. And out of him came forth oil. And so on and so forth. You'll see figs all over the place. It smells so fragrant. But the land has so many things that points to our Lord. Anyway, this is the land from Dan to Beersheba. It's a really brief sharing. I'm sure there are many other brothers and sisters that could share a lot more. But I just wanted to share some brief thoughts. And uh, if there are any uh, things that um, uh, are are inaccurate, please forgive me. I, I did my best. <laughs> uh, so I'll just share this much for now and maybe may the Lord bless his own word. Can we bow with the word of prayer? Uh, Lord, thank you for your the abundance of your word. And Lord, we do ask, Lord, if uh, you may uh, if it pleases you, you may use 